I'm Vinny. And I'm Drake. And welcome to Backstage Biddies, a podcast where two theater nerds discuss our love, and sometimes hate, of movie musicals. From Golden Age, to Disney, to Contemporary, we'll recap and review all things movie musical. Join us as we scrutinize Hollywood casting, dive into the history of all your faves, and gossip about controversies of the stage and screen. Press play and sing along, because this this is Backstage Biddies. Pride Month round two, gang. Here we go. And today... We have a guest. We have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, world. My name is Bridget Fish. I she, her pronouns. Um, and I'm here to party. <laughs> now, you may recognize this last name. Uh, Bridget is the younger sister of our previous guest, Miss Jocelyn. Yes. Joyceline, one Joyceline. could say. Our happy little podcast family. Um, so I have a question for you. How long do you give a new song before you decide if you like it or not? I think I'm a good, like, between 10 to 30 seconds. Um, and I say this because my <laughs> partner sends me music a lot of the time. Um, and he and I have pretty similar music taste, but sometimes sure. introduce me to very new stuff. And so sure. I, I need to give it a good hearty listen before I can really decide. But like, normally I know between 10 and 30 seconds if a song is for me. I love that your hearty listen is 30 seconds. <laughs> Mine is like two minutes. <laughs> That's like a whole song nowadays. Artists yeah, don't is. make songs longer than two minutes. I mean, I'll give something a good like minute, minute and a half. Okay, fair. Before I decide whether I'm going to call it or not. Because sometimes things will have like a weak start, but they'll have like, a, a good hook. Mm. So I give it to like the middle-ish of a song. What do you think, Ben? Um, it truly depends on, on the vibage. It does. So either there are some times where I'm like really into okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to listen to this in its entirety. It seems to be popping off. People seem to be enjoying it. And I sit down and I intentionally listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am just listening to listen, you've got you've got about like 10, 30 seconds before sure. I'm flipping that. Yeah. Is the, is the time different if you were to say listen to like a full album that people have really hyped up for you? Do you give it like a couple of songs or do you like breeze through songs quickly? If it's a whole album, I typically give it a full listen to see if there's any skips. Like for sure. example, um, but typically again, I know between the first like 30 seconds, but like when Rebecca Black's album came out, the first Ugh. song I was sold. No yeah, skips. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That. I love Kendall's <laughs> recent album. She was such a surprise because she was such a flop in our youth. So And now she's like out here making like really bitchin' hyperpop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. It's great. So another follow-up question. What about like a TV show? Do you give a, like a series, like a certain number of episodes before you give up on it? TV shows, I tend to have a little more grace typically. Like the first season I'll try and get through. For example, One Tree Hill, first season is trash. <laughs> um, but then you get to the second season, you're like, oh my God, teenage drama. I love this. Um, but I don't know. I will give something typically about three episodes. Okay. And if, if I'm not interested and invested in at least a character by, like, the third episode, then it's probably not for me. I tend to give it one. Just one? Just one? One, one and a half. Yeah. Sometimes you're such what, bad pilots, though. No, but I think the thing is, is that I don't need it to be good. 
Sure. Right away. But if I'm like, this is so bad or I'm not seeing a glimmer of anything in this or it like is weirdly racist mm, or sure. you know what I mean? I'm if you get like, like a bunch of red flags in, in, in the pilot episode. I'm like, mm, pass. No. <laughs> No, but of course I'm the kind of person that just rewatches the same thing over and over and over again. You are big on your comfort shows. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. I'm not, I don't usually bust into new things. That's fair. Yeah. I was going to say, I did just rewatch all of Ned's Classified School Survival Guide because that's on Netflix. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. Excellent. What are they going to do like the college reboot of that? Because I think the entire cast is in. Well, they have a podcast together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to give it the same run that they're giving iCarly, though. That's disappointing, because I think Ned's Declassified was really good shit. I know. Or, like, a, like late 20s, like, yeah, Ned's yeah. Declassified Survival Guide to Your 30s, or, like, something right. like yeah. that. Yeah, I'd be in. I'd watch it. Right. I used to have such a crush on Ned. He, he was a little cutie. He was a cutie. Yeah, yeah. Men. 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 <laughs> Speaking of men, who are women who are men? Yes. <laughs> What's our hint? Oh my gosh. You know, that's a very good question. And what I am going to say here today, the hint is Robert Preston. Oh, tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky, because Robert Preston has already been in a movie musical that we have covered. Yeah, that's kind of a misleading clue, but we have kind of covered the other big one he's in, so... There's one other big one that he's in. Oh, really? I did not know until I did my research. Well, tell me all about it. Um, But this one is the only one, from what I understand, that's queer. So you also have that filter. Oh, that's right, because it's Pride Month. Just saying. Which means we're covering... Victor Victoria. Not that you didn't know that because it's in the title of the episode, but... <laughs> oh, shut your mouth. It's fine. Um, so uh, Robert Preston, um, yeah, he plays a queer character in this film. The other one that he is in, The Music Man. Oh! I about shit. I was like, hold on That's a right. He did do The Music Man once. He's in yeah. several movie musicals. Yeah. Although there's many a Music Man. Yeah. So it's that's easy to lose track of. Yeah. yeah. Someday we'll do a, um, a showdown of all the music mans. Oh, this is like Matthew God. Broderick. Yes, 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 yes. It'd be a good, a good be. showdown. It would be. Put it, add it onto the list. <laughs> Our never ending Put it in the list. queue. <laughs> <laughs> God, that list is long. Um, but yeah, so we're d- discussing the 1982 film Victor Victoria. It Which was, came before the musical, so. So here we go. Released March 19th, 1982. It was directed by Blake Edwards. Fun fact. Julia Andrews' husband. <laughs> Julia Andrews? Julia Andrews. Julia Andrews. Um, he also directed the Pink Panther films, like the ones from the 60s, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Now, if, if I'm correct, uh, he is... Her second husband, yes? I believe so, yes. So if that's true, then he's also the costume designer for Mary Poppins. He also wrote the screenplay for this movie. Oh, no, no, no. The costume designer for Mary Poppins was Tony Walton. Okay. So, must be a... Must be another husband. Possibly, <laughs> um, but I... Yeah, but anyway. Um, so he also wrote the screenplay for this. Nice. Yeah. Um, cinematography by Dick Bush. Don't Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. You're kidding. I'm not. You're kidding. His name is Dick Bush. Well, that's just phenomenal news. Yeah. Um, 
he's done a lot of cinematography on a lot of like older films and things like that. So I was like, I'm not, we don't got him. What a blessing. I know. Right. Uh, the music, uh, was by Henry Mancini, which he wrote the pink Panther theme. Wow. It all makes sense. And moon river icon. So he obviously worked with, uh, Blake (laughs) Edwards on those other films. Um, and then Leslie Brickus did the lyrics. Okay, work. Uh, Leslie wrote the music for Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Oh my God. Willy Wonka, <gasps> Jekyll and Hyde. Ooh. And fun fact, the song made famous by Nina Simone, Feeling Good. Oh, wow. What a legacy. What a and talent. And there's a yeah. shitload more. Those are just like the, the highlights. highlights that I put in. There's even more. That's quite the resume. It. Speaking of quite the resume, the cast on this one, we've got Julie Andrews. Yeah. Which do the I need to herself. even say what she's been in? Um, as, if you're looking for what else she's been in, feel free to check out all the other episodes we've covered with <laughs> Julie Andrews. Is in this the, the third one? Um, yes, because she was in Mary Poppins and Sound of Music, and I think those are the only ones we've covered from her. I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I dropped a charger. Everyone remain calm. Oh my god, mess. Mess. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody fine. freak out. Uh, Julie Andrews plays Victoria Grant slash Count Victor Grzynski. Which, if you've never seen this film, which I had never seen this before. And this was also Bridget's first time. Yes, it was. Have you seen it before? I had seen this one time before this because it came up on HBO where I watched it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have access to this. I'm paying for this streaming service. I've never seen this. It's got Julie Andrews in it. And I was like, I'm going to broaden my horizons. And so I watched this like a year ago. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um, Plays the... Woman who pretends to be a man who is a female impersonator slash drag queen. Yeah. They use, in this film, they use those interchangeably. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have James Garner. The James Garner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As um, King Marchand, mm-hmm. who is a uh, Chicago club booker. Yeah. And, yep. uh, uh, and a mafia Person yeah, works of with sorts, the mob. Like, but but <laughs> kind, but not really because he has a whole thing about like not really, but it's like if you work with them, you're kind of them. So yeah, duh. Um, we have of course the Robert Preston as Carol Toddy Todd. Um, he <laughs> he's a a queer homie that helps out Victoria. He's a queen. He's a queen, a, queen, a big old queen. Um, and but he not was, a drag queen. No. no just well, a, not until... We'll not get there. Well, yeah. we'll get there. Um, but he's <laughs> Beauregard Jackson Pickett Burnside From in MAME. MAME, yeah. Then we have Leslie Ann Warren as Norma Cassidy, who is another nightclub singer um, that King is dating in the beginning. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. again is like really early in her career. Like she's still so, so young in this movie. Yeah. Yep, and you'll know her from when we covered Happiest Millionaire clip. <laughs> um, she's also in Clue and yeah. she had a smaller re- reoccurring role on Willing Race. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. She played Will's father's mistress. Yes. She had that iconic character laugh. She's such a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant a, character, a character actress. actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we've got Alex Karras as Squash Bernstein. Fun fact, he was a football player. I thought Squash was uh, Rory Gilmore's grandfather 
for like <laughs> three quarters of this fucking Richard? movie. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. is that the same actor? Because they look so similar. Wait, they which do. one is Squash? He's the bodyguard. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So he plays uh, King's bodyguard. And, um, but he is like in all, like in the Hall of Fame football player. Yeah, for sure. Fascinating. He originally played on um, the Detroit Lions. Huh. Yeah. And then he stumbled his way into a, a big old gay musical. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. More of he that, please. And he yes. had, yeah, <laughs> and he had done a bunch of different um Remember the good old days like when that? football players mm-hmm. turned to cinema at the end of their career instead of embezzling money? No. Ah. You the rock for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, then we have uh, John Reese davis as Andre Cassell, who is a talent agent. Um, and he played Gimli. He was in Princess Diaries 2. And he was in Cats Don't Dance. Oh, he was in Cats Don't Dance. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept remembering him because he did... Uh, he was the elephant in Cats Don't Dance. He did uh, Princess Diaries 2 with Julianne yeah. Andrews. Yep. So they'd been working together. That's where I kept seeing. You like have every seen time me when were... I put that together last night. I was like, oh my Wait. god. <laughs> um, so they've been working together uh, for such a long time. Oh god, yeah. That's got to be such a joy to be able to put. I mean, we know from from experience, it's a joy to put stuff on stage with your friends and to have that for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. That's such a gift that we don't all get through our careers. Then we've got um, Graham Stark as waiter, and I almost took him out of it until I watched this, and he keeps popping up throughout so the thing. Funny. It's really necessary that we mention his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Peter Arne as Lavis, who owns Chez Louis. Yeah. Which is like a, a queer nightclub. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of. Is that a night? What, what would that be? A, a queer would, cabaret? Maybe? cabaret like, like a, a cabaret thing? Yeah. Like a supper club kind of vibe. Yeah. Dinner theater? <laughs> <laughs> gotta be close. Yeah. Um, so the production for this one, Blake Edwards adapted the 1933 German film Victor and Victoria, except spelt with K's because German. Victor. Um, Peter Sellers uh, was the inspector in the 1960s Pink Panther and was also Dr. Strangelove in Dr. Strangelove. Nice. Um, was actually offered the male lead, but he unfortunately had suffered a heart attack and passed away um, July 24th, 1980, before the production got underway. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he was... So this was... They were pulling in family for this one, because obviously he had been a part of the Pink Panther Mm -hmm. stuff with a bunch of other people. Right. Clearly a a community of creatives. Right. Um, Film... This film was actually shot at Pinewood Studios in Ivor Bucks, England. And in the... I don't know if it was in this one, but I know that in the original filming of this, um, when they released it, they had like a thank you specifically to this production studio. Because originally the exterior filming was supposed to be planned... Was planned for being shot in Paris, obviously, because that's where this... takes place right and then the interiors were going to be shot in munich germany okay um but because of budget issues they had to relocate to pinewood studios in london um so it seemed like that was kind of almost a favor that happened there so they thanked them for that because it was kind of like a we're gonna we have all these plans it was set to schedule there they were gonna go and And all of a sudden funding was fucked and that sucks yeah but according to production notes, the entirety of shooting took place within 15 sound stages. Wow. Um, where multiple interior and exterior sets were built, including a 101, uh, 110 
foot wide Parisian street. That's insane. Which accommodated 15 vehicles. So, and they were period appropriate. (laughs) Um, Three story buildings. That's a big build. And required the assistance of half of the Pinewood staff to build. So not only Uh, their own people that they brought in, they had to get another like half of the Studio staff. Studio staff. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty big. So of course they were like, oh my god, we need to thank these people. Thank you so much. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, the reviews for this one. Uh, my review is this is fantastic and everybody needs to watch it. Um, <laughs> it does have a ninety-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. That's real fucking good. That's really high. Yeah, like really high. Um, Todd McCarthy of Variety called it sparkling, ultra-sophisticated entertainment from Blake Edwards. Uh, Roger Ebert of Chicago Sun-Times gave it a 3 out of 4 and wrote, um, not only a funny movie, but unexpectedly a warm and friendly one. This was nominated out the ass. (laughs) Genuinely. Um, But two of the wins that it got were for Best Original or Adaptation of Film at the Academy Awards, and Julie Andrews won a Golden Globe for her role as Victor slash Victoria. How incredible. Right? And then they shifted the whole damn thing into a stage production. Which had uh, different results. So (laughs) they had an out-of-town tryout in Minneapolis and Chicago in 1995. Uh, It made it to Broadway in the same year in 95, was eligible for the Tonys in 96. It did not make its way to London until 2012 and did not play the West End, but actually played at the Southwark Playhouse. Um, it was nominated for three Drama Desk Awards and won two, including Best Actress and Best Featured Actress. And it actually caused quite a stir at the Tony Awards because Julie Andrews actually declined the nomination for Best Actress in a Musical. <gasps> Why? When... <laughs> when... Um, that nomination for her was the only nomination the musical received that year. And uh, Julie Andrews looked the Academy right in the face and said, I can't help but notice that you haven't appreciated the hard work of all the people around me who actually did the work and made this what it is. So you can go ahead and take your nomination and stuff it. Cause wow. I don't want it. Fucking get bent Tony awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and so she declined the Tony for that. And, um, and again, it was this show's only nomination, which seems very odd to me, because often when we look at musicals, that especially ones that include drag characters, mm-hmm. we almost always see a plethora of design nominations, and we didn't for this one. They kind of stiffed it out, and uh, hmm, yeah, interesting. Garbage and trash, but uh, what a great movie! Great, great film. <laughs> Let's dive into some plot biddies. I don't know what that was or why you chose that accent. Because I wanna. It's my podcast and I do what I want. That's fine. You live here. This is your world. I do. Speaking of worlds, the world that we're talking about is Paris 1934. Love a period drama. Oh my god, it's snowing outside. It's wintry. Have fun. Okay, the snow and the set, though, I could not stop thinking about Muppet Christmas Carol and that (laughs) shot... (laughs) That shot, like the opening scene where Scrooge is like walking across to his shop, and I was oh, like, "Oh yes." Anyways, okay, no, 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 real quick. So they need to do a Victor Victoria, but with Muppets. Oh, that would be excellent. Are you kidding me? 
Yes, yes, Ms. yes. Piggy Ms. As Victor, Piggy. Yes. Victoria. I would die to I, see that happen. I have several notes on my phone started about like who what Muppets would be who in what musicals. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Perfect. We Perfect. need to have a, a Muppet Renaissance, I feel. I think so. Disney owns the rights to um, it's all the Muppet stuff. And I'm like, you keep doing remakes. Make Muppet remakes. And the Henson Studio is still doing great stuff. They just did that Dark Crystal reboot where they like made a whole bunch of new stuff and refurbished a bunch of old puppets. And like, they're still doing good work. All right. Anyway, someone call Disney. <laughs> anyway, so um, we see two men in bed together. One of them is Mame's husband. And one of them is a twink. He is... He's, he's gay, he's gay, a gay. <laughs> he's a twatty twink. Yes, that's yes, true. Yes. Um, so we meet Toddy and Richard. Toddy we love. Richard we don't. Richard he's a dick. Sucks. Lol. Mm-hmm. And Richard they have this really dick. snarky. Yeah. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> they have this really snarky exchange, and uh, Toddy actually fires off a line of Shakespeare from a Midsummer Night's Dream. I thought I caught that. Yeah, he says he has the line. Um, uh, Love sees not with the something, but with the mind, and thus is winged Cupid painted blind. Not with the eyes, but with the mind. That's what it is. There you go. There you go. There you go. And thus is winged Cupid painted blind, which is from the from last week's musical. Yeah. Um, so, so much gay Shakespeare this uh, June. I know. How long? Love that for us. Um, so we find out that Richard sleeps with Toddy for money. Yeah. Just a fun, just a little fun fact. So there's not actual any love or anything. Toddy <laughs> does really like Richard, but Richard's like. I do just fuck you for the money. We all know this. Cool. Goodbye. Um, we go to Chez Louis, uh, which is a cabaret nightclub thing um, that Toddy performs at. And we hear this luscious voice coming from the outside. And it is, of course, Julie Andrews. Right. Playing Victoria. Her voice is immaculate. Just so good. Absolutely stunning. She's singing an audition piece, and um, it's very opera. Hearing her do coloratura work is breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, Julie Andrews is always on point, but to hear her doing, like, operatic coloratura style... Is just, like, next level. Stunning. And the nightclub owner is like, listen, in order to work in this kind of thing, you need to have some grip behind you. You need... And he says something about, like, you need to stick to Carmen, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a famous it's opera, opera yeah. number. She's like, I'm a coloratura, not a mezzo. And it fucking sent me <laughs> to Such the snark. It's so funny. Um... So she doesn't get it. She's like, I can do this. I can try. I can learn. I can learn to sing differently. And he's like, no, you simply can't. And she's like, well, fuck you. And just belts a high note and breaks a fucking wine glass. Shatters a wine glass in front of him. And he's like, what was that? And Toddy's like, a B B flat. flat. Are you kidding? (laughs) The writing in this film is just so good. I did not anticipate it being this funny. Neither did I. I really didn't. There's a lot of really quick, smart, dry, witty humor. And we'll we'll mention a couple of like really prime examples as we as we come through plot points and stuff. But yes, the writing here is really, really good. Fucking get it, girl. So Victoria's walking the streets and she comes across uh, this restaurant and she's looking in and this man is eating I don't know what this is. It's like a it's, it's like an of... open face eclair 
kind of like thing. Like a cream puff type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's like got a really cream. creamy cream puff. <laughs> but it's got like the cream and stuff on the on the top portion of some kind of puff pastry thing. Yeah. And we are watching this man go in on this piece of dessert. And a little too much. Like he's got cream like in his mustache, up his nose. It starts to like ride up past the bridge of his nose. Like he gets into in, this pastry. In the sound effects. The ASMR I did not sign up for. But <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, essentially what me. we're... And then Victoria fully faints. We don't see it happen, yeah. but she's there. And then we get a close-in of him. And then the camera pops back out and she's gone. And people are like oh, rushing. There's a crowd rushing. People are like rushing over. Um, which I thought that was great camera work there. Yes. But... It's kind of worth starting to figure out that the reason that she was so hellbent and determined to be able to change her voice and all of these things during this audition is because she is an out of act, uh, like out of work, out of, out work, of work singer. Yeah. And she obviously hasn't eaten in a while because she fainted. Yeah. And then she gets back to where she's living, which is this hotel. And the guy who owns it comes up and is like, um, you need to pay me you haven't paid me you're in behind weeks. In, th- in two weeks and yeah. he's wearing a napkin that's covered in sauce and she's like oh my god what is that spaghetti oh, oh. he's like yeah spaghetti and meatball she's like oh i'd sleep with you for a meatball she is clutching consciousness right now like mm-hmm. she is just yep and she she faints again and he's like oh just as soon as you offer up a you know a way of getting you know paying settling me. your yeah. rent um you faint fucking cute and then they're gonna, he's gonna like try and sleep with her anyway. Yeah, like. And she's passed out on the he's bed. He's like throwing around her unconscious body, undoing his pants, and I was like, um. But then. What is about to happen to Miss Dame Julie Andrews here in front of mine eyes? But she sees a cockroach, freaks out, and he's oh, like, yeah. oh my god. Okay. Oldest trick in the book. We, this is fucking ridiculous, and steals her shit, and is like, that way you can't just leave in the middle of the night. You need to fucking pay me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're, that's where we leave her, in a cockroach-filled motel room, fainting to and consciousness. screaming over a meatball, starving to death. Uh, back at Chez Louis, we get, uh, we get Toddy singing mm. the first mm. number of the show, Gay Paris. He has such a warm, lush tone to his voice. Like, it's just so, it's, like, velvety and comfortable and deep and robust. And I just, I love his voice so it's much. It's so good. It's so good. Like, obviously, Julie Andrews always brings, like, a killer set of pipes to set. But he really, he keeps up with her here. Mm-hmm. He really holds his own. And it's, I mean, he's just really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a song about how gay Paris is. And I love that. He's like, listen, some people are like, gay Paris, meaning like a happy, joyful, Yeah, whatever. like such and a wonderful like, city. No, 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 he's like, I'm talking about... Paris. I'm talking about gay Paris, <laughs> meaning like the other Eiffel Tower. Exactly. <laughs> Down by the river. Anyway. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, there's this group of people. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're about. One of them is Richard. And they're being loud and obnoxious entering this Yeah, first of all, they make, like, such a disruption coming in in the middle of a, of a number. It's like, we need a table. And one of them is, like, some actress or something. Mm-hmm, so sure. they're like, I'm important. Fine. Um, 
and they get sacked and then Toddy after his number is like, well, 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 we've got renowned actress, blah, blah, blah. And she also owns a circus. Mean, like meaning that as a dig. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and also one of her circus acts, Robert, uh, or Ro- Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh my God. And they get into a fucking yeah. fist fight. I mean, essentially, Toddy walks up, reads them all all the way down. And then they're like, you can't speak to me like that. Oh, and he calls uh, uh, one of the older ladies that he's with. He's like, oh, and how nice of you to bring your mother. Mm-hmm. And like looks her dead in the like, eye. Mother! Like, like a <laughs> fucking puppet. She literally like flails her arms around. And so this nice little uh, evening dinner club does indeed erupt in just a full on bar fight. Yeah. Like glass shattering. People are throwing fists. They're flipping tables. Also, the audience is full of drag queens. Yes. Yes. Who stand up in their evening finery and just and start just swinging. Like, drag queens <laughs> and kings. Yep. Or maybe trans individuals. We're, un- yeah. we're unsure. unsure. Gender? I hardly know her. Exactly. <laughs> it is but a social construct. Yeah. Exactly. We've, threw, we've thrown that out the door with last night's wine and uh, this place erupts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we then see Victoria going into this lovely little restaurant and she starts she starts ordering left right and sideways right um back to the club the club owner is like uh, no one was seriously injured with blood gushing out of his head yeah, blood nothing like a head wound you know yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, blood running down his forehead and the cop is like I'm shutting you down for a week and he's like a week I do you know how much I'm gonna lose and he's like do you know how much you're gonna lose if I shut you down for a month <laughs> so you you're lucky this. that it's only a week yeah you're welcome with the injuries and things that happened um Toddy then gets shit canned because it was all his fault yeah. evidently which I, like, mean, I get but yeah. Todd's like why don't you just take it out of my salary because we're looking around at this disheveled fucking bar every single piece of everything is shattered to pieces there was a a lot of glass in this room there's a lot like a lot a lot lot of shards in this room now behind the bar on the bar the tables the glasses like it was everything yeah (laughs) uh so he gets canned and he ends up walking past and seeing victoria in this restaurant he's like oh I'm going to pop in. He recognizes her from her audition. Yeah. So he heads on in and they're sitting separately. Um, And there was a conversation that Victoria had had with the waiter before of like, oh, well, what wines do you have? And he's like, we have a red and a white. We have a red from 1934 and we have a white from 1934. 1934. And the white is six on team cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... And he's like, we did have a rosé yesterday, but now we have to use it uh, to make the salad dressing. So, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) This poor waiter is clearly having the worst time. Yeah. And continues to do so through the end of this meal. Yeah. So, Toddy comes up to Victoria. They get in conversation, and they end up having dinner together. Um, He's like, so... You're poor. She's like, you're, you're right. right. He's like, how are you going to pay for this? Well, I have a cockroach in my purse. And, and I'm, I'm going to dump it in my salad. Exactly. And at it's, the right moment. And it's going to be great. I have ordered like three entrees and all the things. And um, yeah. 
It's going to be fantastic. Why don't you stay for dinner? This one's on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have a conversation about the wine. Yeah, yeah, because... Uh, Toddy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toddy mentions that the last time he saw wine like this, they had to shoot the horse. Implying that the wine is horse piss. Horse piss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's either the waiter or or uh, Julie Andrews who like makes a horrible face about it, and uh, and he's like, oh god, no, don't don't worry, we didn't shoot a real horse, just two actors in a costume. Mm-hmm. I thought it was two waiters in a costume. Maybe I, I don't. Think I forget if, two waiters if he in says a it to the waiter or not. But but the again the, the writing is so good and so quick and so dry. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. And it's constant. Yeah. It's always on, on point like that. Immediately after they're bickering about the wine with the waiter, um, Toddy's like giving him some advice and the waiter goes, a wise man knows when to throw in the towel and it is, and it is a moron that would give advice to a horse's ass implying <laughs> that like... He's like, oh, well, you just, you know, said that I'm an ass. I'm worthless, essentially. Uh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> you just, just admitted to shooting me last time this happened to you, so thank you so much. Thank you. Goddamn, it's just so good. <laughs> Um, and so she's trying to put the cockroach in her salad and she just like goes to shake it out and dumps it out. Um, and then she's like, oh my God, there's There's no cockroach. She's like, Hey, there's a cockroach in my salad. And there wasn't one. And she's like, fuck me. Where the hell did it go? Then she found it. Yeah, because it it crawls out of her purse and onto her hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she freaks the fuck out. And they're like, um, yeah, well, the last couple times that this has happened, it was someone who brought a bug into the restaurant and actually wasn't our fault. Yeah. And the manager comes over and, like, explains it all. And he's like, this is what happened. And he was like, I, uh, apologize. I've done what I'm going to do about it. Your call. So, I'm not, that's it. And then he insists that Toddy pay his bill because he did, in fact, order a cup of coffee. And so he's like, you still have to pay your bill. And as the, like, tension rises, we pan over to a woman across the restaurant. And the cockroach has made its way onto her leg and is crawling up her uh, her leggings, her tights. and uh, Or her stockings, I suppose, because it's 1930, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pan out of the restaurant. <laughs> and this shot is so brilliant. It's so good. Because you just see the entire restaurant, every single person erupt. You can but it's hear like silent. You can yeah, hear yeah. A you can hear like bit. a muted scream, and then you see like the entire restaurant come to its feet. And it's so funny because the whole thing is like on tables, tables getting <laughs> flipped over. You can see people holding each other and like like climbing on top of one another, and like it, it's almost like slapstick humor, but like but like a wide shot. It's really well done, and it's so in line with the comedy of of the writing. It's just really well done, really well handled. I loved it. That it was sophisticated so good. thing from that review earlier, very like highbrow humor. Mm-hmm. It's delightful, um, and it's like raining, snowing outside. It's cold, and they get. Um, I keep wanting to say Robert, Richard, Toddy, Toddy. Oh. <laughs> Um, Toddy and Victoria end up back at his house and they're trying to warm themselves and they're having conversations about their history of like failed marriage and the fact that she was a soprano in an opera 
for an opera house and that closed because of her bullshit ex-husband and this, that, the other thing. And he was like, oh, I guess you're wondering if I'm gay or not. And she's like, no, I know. (laughs) I know you're gay. And so um, she ends up asking eventually, how long have you been a homosexual? How long have you been a soprano? I just absolutely (laughs) love that. Um, So she was going to head home and was like, thank you so much for the hospitality. I really appreciate it. And we find out that her dress and her coat shrunk because of the weather from outside. Right, because Mm -hmm. they got wet. So she's freaking out and is like, how the hell am I going to get home? I don't have clothes. And he's like, listen, I'm going to say you're going to stay here tonight, put on these jammies, climb into bed, get some good rest. I'll pay. We'll get your clothes tomorrow. She's like, I can't. I'll pay your back rent. We will figure all that out in the morning. In the morning. And she's Mm -hmm. like, but how am I going to pay you back? You know, da, da, da. And he's like, I don't know. I'll charge you the interest of one meatball because you were literally (laughs) going to fuck someone for a meatball. So like, what if you just hang out here? Um, I just love that they're instant best friends and it's just so beautiful. And their relationship stays that way throughout the whole film. They do have a really fantastic rapport. Yeah. So the next morning she is going to head out um, because he's not, Tani's not feeling well or some shit. And she puts on Richard's clothes, Mm -hmm. which she looks fantastic in. Nice. A nice uh, fitted suit. Yes. Um, She's like, I'm going to go get my stuff. Come back. We'll discuss things. It'll be Mm -hmm. great. Richard shows up to get his stuff um, looking bloodied and battered and bruised from the night before. Yeah, he's got a big old bruise all the way across his face. (laughs) And uh, Richard is telling Toddy, like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. I'm here to get my stuff. Opens the opens the door the armoire and out swings literally victoria <laughs> like, just fucking must have been him. like posted up in there just like ready to go fully ready <laughs> just ready and she punches him right in his already broken nose she kicks his ass <laughs> and then he runs downstairs and they're like what the hell happened to you i don't know some man in my clothes popped me out of the dresser. Just go. I can't do this. Blah, blah. You know. <laughs> Instantly, Toddy has an idea. He starts, he's like, we're going to cut your hair. We're going to do this thing. Because guess what? You're going to be Count Victor. The world's most famous, but not here in Paris. <laughs> the, uh, the world's most famous female impersonator. She's like, so I'm going to be a woman impersonating a man who impersonates a woman? Correct. How the fuck is that supposed to work? And he's like, nah, it'll be great. We'll make so much money. You'll be famous in two weeks and we'll never have to worry about it again. Exactly. He's like, I have a plan. Be ready. They decide, yes, okay, fine. We're going to do this. And she's like, I can't. I can't lower my voice. I can't. He's like, ah, no, but when you're angry, it just automatically pitches lower. So just leave angry. Just stay mad. Yeah. Uh, And it'll be great. They end up at this talent agent's office, um, and there's some quarreling on whether or not they're going to get a chance <laughs> to get in. They sneak into his office, and he's like, what are you doing here? And we're seeing all of this from the receptionist's office. Another guy has come in and started doing his act for the receptionist. He's some sort of up-close magician, maybe? Uh, well, he does a balancing also act. Also an acrobat? Yeah. Because <laughs> he like has a cane and a champagne bottle. 
He puts the cane on top of the champagne bottle on top of the desk and then proceeds to one-handedly balance upside down on this cane on this bottle. It is rather impressive. It is. Holy cow, I'm Batman. inclined to believe that it's probably done with wires. Or at least something was there something to just... Something was there yeah. to, like, suspend him. Yeah, probably or not at least of his to own be a, at least to be a safety net. Because there are people who can do those sorts of things. Of course, and of it's thing. a very impressive thing. But there is a stunt coming up here that does make me believe that for safety reasons, he's probably rigged up somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what happens next is uh, Victor belts that high note and shatters the fucking bottle. <laughs> and he comes tumbling down. He's like, well... I don't know what the fuck that was, but uh, you're hired. <laughs> and so the act is on. Yes. Um, they're in a club and they're like, okay, this club right here, you're going to open six weeks. How do you feel about that? It's like, oh, fuck. Okay, this is actually We better happening. get to work. <laughs> so we do like a rehearsal montage thing mm-hmm. um, of him learning this stuff. The chorus boys are... Like, I don't know that this is a real person. Uh, no, he's fucking talented. Shut up. And this whole thing. And Toddy hears everything happening. And yeah. he's like, mm, and he's like, mm, it's yes. working. <laughs> it's working, kids. Opening night. We find out that King Marchand is in the audience. He is a Chicago club booker. How exciting. And we get our first number. The Jazz Hot. The first I number of the I love this number. The, uh, the rehearsal montage leading up to this makes me miss being in rehearsals so very much. Mm-hmm. It's a mood. It really is. And so they have a moment before this song opens where um, Toddy is trying to hype up Victoria and he's like hey listen listen you're gonna do great this whole process we've only had two obstacles and she immediately retorts my bosoms (laughs) and it's just all these quick little punchlines and they do have this really good rapport where they like banter back and forth and it's uh, the comedy is constant it's delicious it's really good uh it's a a great example of American uh musical comedy yes because sometimes I think the comedy portion of musical comedy tends to get forgotten Mm mm-hmm we do things too dramatically or whatever it may be, but it's really, really present here. Um, and yes, then we get to La Jazz Hot. Enter Leslie and Warren looking like a million bucks. Um, with this fucking headpiece on, Vic- on, on Victoria. On Victoria. Yeah. Because Victoria Grant is the lady. Victor is the dude. The character her, that she plays, yeah. But her stage name is also Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> Le Jazz Hot is such a great number. The costumes look incredible. This goddamn headpiece. Her, oh, I mean, this, her headpiece. diamond bangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, like, fringe uh, cape thing that she has going on. Mm-hmm. And then the ensemble behind them is, like, decked out to the nines with these, like, pinstriped piping... That's, I mean, it's it's all so good and also, so complete. So good. Every single number that happens at the club, these dancers dance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dance. Yeah, they're really going for it. Damn. Uh, Norma, which is Leslie and Warren, mm-hmm. um, starts to notice that King is really into Victoria. Very much enjoying mm-hmm. her performance. And they don't know yet that Victoria is a victor. Yes. And she's 
unimpressed with how much King likes her. <laughs> uh, the number ends. Everyone, a resounding applause. Everyone absolutely loved it. And then she comes out in front of the curtain and takes off her headdress. And everyone's like, <gasps> a man. The a guest. man. And just screams even louder. And fucking the Norma. Norma. <laughs> <laughs> no one is more thrilled than Norma. No one. Norma's just shouting yay. She's and like over looks the moon. at King is like, yay at King who is sitting and is just gooped and gagged. And listen, now, gender is fake, but what we learned here and now in this moment is that if you think Julie Andrews is hot, you're gay. Yeah. In any facet of anything. And that's it. That's it. You're gay. King is fully shooketh. And it's like, I am unimpressed with what is happening. And it just, it fully sends me. Backstage, King has introduced himself to Victor. Oh, Victor. The in... tension in that handshake. Oh, oh so my much. Oh, God. Yeah. Because Victor's like... backstage in like boy drag right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Carlo. Same exactly. More. Good chat. All right. He's That's... on his way to the porch. That's where he likes to spend his afternoons now. Goodbye, boy. He likes to lounge in the sunshine and rest his aging bones. What an Same. old queen. <laughs> My God. Yeah, relatable content. So, so yes, they have this really tense handshake and like... Um, but they have this fantastic conversation about manhood. It, yeah, it's they really do. delicious. Um, because King is like, oh, well, if you're a real man, blah, 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 blah. And Victor is like, there are two kinds of men. A man who needs to prove himself to be a man and a man that does not. And I do not. I mean, the way Julie Andrews sits him down and just schools him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's delicious. She said trans and cool, rights. And cool as a cucumber. Oh, oh, oh. Smooth. So good. Because, like, not even being, not even concerned with being found out. No, not even, like, a little, fuck not even a entirely. little. Not even a little. I love it. It's just absolutely great. Um, because Norma has gone off with Toddy. Now, do we think Norma is meant to be like a Marilyn Monroe character? She's gotta be. With the way the hair is styled and especially the white dress That's in what that I scene. Thought. Yeah, like the, yeah. the getup that she enters in and then like her first name is Norma. And Doesn't I was she like, also have a mole? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was like, in 1982, like we could definitely be making a Norma Jean reference at this point. And Norma, for those of you that don't know, is Marilyn Monroe's birth name. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before she started acting, she was, she was Norma Jean. So, yeah. I don't know. It's not clear to me if she's if it's meant to be like a parody of of Marilyn Monroe character, but but certainly the entrance look is very reminiscent. I mean, it, as so. soon as I saw her and then heard her name was Norma, I was like, Marilyn. Yeah, okay, exactly. Fine. So she's out outside or in a staircase or something, having a conversation with Toddy. Yes, and <laughs> this fucking again absolutely sent me. So she's like, "You're gay, really? But you're so attractive." And he's like. Yes, of course. Men are attractive. Because I'm gay. Uh, And so she, you know, they have kind of back and forth. And she says, I think the right woman could reform you. And he turns to her and says, I think think the the right woman. same thing of you. She's like, I think the right woman could reform you too. And And she just bursts into giggles. Giggles. So cute. Um, But she genuinely is like, what the fuck? You're gay? This is absolutely wild. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
This whole time, King is just pissed off that he liked Victor because he's like, God damn it. A part of that conversation was, I don't think you're a man because I'm attracted to you. Right. And Victor's like, well, that's not my problem that you found a man attractive when you thought that he was a woman. Sorry about it. Yeah. Go sort that for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just fantastic conversations about sexuality and gender and things oh, in this film. Fully. I mean, for th- also for being the early eighties, I'm like, that's very early. I feel like to be accepting of those conversations too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much. So. Especially in such a, like a candid kind of almost like unpretentious way. Like there is yeah. no, they don't like take a minute to like in the world of the movie, kind of acknowledge the parameters of the eighties. Not really, no. I mean, there are light side conversations about it, but they don't. Yeah, add we that really in. we kind of cruise full speed ahead and just kind of ball gender up into like, a wad and throw it in the trash. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the show is done, and they're like, "Okay, take us to our hotel." Victoria's Victoria Victor is like. What hotel? What the fuck are you talking about? Turns out Toddy, the sweet man he is, took money and moved them into a hotel right before the show happened. They're on the third floor. They did it during the intermission. And he's moved like... all their stuff. He was like... on the fourth I, floor. Oh, yeah. They're, they're above the third floor. Yes. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And he was like, I made sure that it was over three because she's like, what would you have done if it was tonight wasn't a success? We would have come back here. We would have ordered a bunch of food. And I made sure that the floor was above the third floor. Meaning they would have just like jumped out the window. (laughs) Um, If we failed tonight, that was it. That That was was my whole plan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we find out that in the same hotel... Um, that seems to kind of like have a, maybe like a little bit of a courtyard in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, across the way is where King and his bodyguard Squash are staying and Norma as Mm -hmm. well. Um, so they head back and they're, she's still talking about the fact of like, oh, you're just upset because you found him hot. But I know women always know whether or not it's a real woman. A real woman can always tell. She's like, it doesn't matter. And then she goes into, it doesn't matter if there's padding or if there's hormones or anything. She's like, "A, a real woman can always tell. Fucking can you, bitch? Obviously not. You stupid twat. Um, <laughs> and then she's, he's really bothered by it. And she's like changing into a negligee and, you know, da, da, da. and she looks at him, and goes, I'm horny. <laughs> and I fucking hated it. I loved it because it was so fucking ridiculous, but I hated it. You no, know, it sounds like one of those awful, like, TikTok cupcake remixes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Fully. It gave and, big that vibes, and I was like, I don't think I like it. Yeah, and he's I like, think I, I think I dislike it. He's like, this is fucking ridiculous, and looks over and sees Victor and Toddy like hugging, and like Victor kisses him on the cheek and whatever. So it mm-hmm. is looking like they are, in yeah, fact, yeah. a couple. Well, because like they're having this sweet little intimate moment after the success of their show, right? Yeah. But from the other window, it looks like they're like getting ready to celebrate their opening night. <laughs> right, because a part of this whole ruse is that. Victor and Toddy are a couple. Right. Right. So they have like a one bedroom suite and you know, these kinds of things or whatever. And King sees it and just. Just gets into a rage it about. It trips his trigger. Jealousy? 
perhaps? I, jealousy, and he's like, why the fuck am I attracted to a man? And then Norma's like, I'm horny. He's like, bet. And just like... <laughs> Tosses her over his shoulder. And goes and they fuck, or so we think. Or something. Yeah. Or at least they try to. They start. They try. So, <laughs> back in the other room, um, Victoria is just like, God, he's so irritating. Speaking of King, to Toddy, he's so irritating. He's so awful. He's so this. He's so that. And he's so hot. And I'm so mad about it. Toddy's <laughs> like, you're right. He's very attractive. What are you going to do? So sorry, bud. She's like, I might have to step out and have an affair. And he's like, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> I just absolutely love the banter back and forth. Um, and flashback to the other room. Turns out King couldn't keep it up. Yikes. Yikes. And so there's this weird conversation that Norma is like having at King of like, it's okay. It happens to everybody. Normally the sex is like, Uh, pow 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 just absolutely amazing fireworks i absolutely love it it's great and you know i guess women are just lucky that way and they can fake it if they need to not that i've ever faked it with you and And she's just going on and on and on king gets up goes to the bathroom and she's like well i know why you're upset and probably the reason that you can't keep it up is because you found a dude hot today yeah and you don't know how to grapple with that and deal with that and he comes out he sticks soap in her fucking mouth yikes she flies into a rage, which... Reasonable. Fair. I'm a I would have started swinging. If someone, anyone, but especially, first of all, especially a man. Second of all, <laughs> someone so that I am intimate with dating, and you think the solution is to come wash my mouth out with soap? Sir. Blood no, on sir. the floor. And it will be yours. <laughs> it will be yours. Yeah. Um, so she flies into a rage and keep in mind, his bodyguard is also staying in this hotel room Mm -hmm. Uh with him. So he comes out and just ridiculousness ensues. Mm -hmm. Squash and King get stuck in Squash's room. (laughs) Norma like impales it with some kind of fucking spear that's in the room (laughs) for whatever reason. And he's like, hey, boss, I think you should send her home. And he's like, why do you never come up with good ideas? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, you should send her home. Mm. He says that to Squash. So, guess what fucking happens, kids? Sending Norma home, they get to the train station. She's just bitching the whole way. She gets out of the train. She's still bitching. Squash, and this is another brilliant camera moment, I think, and comedy Mm -hmm. moment, where she is bitching the whole way, walking the full length of the train. <laughs> Squash is walking outside just to like head back and just like randomly will look over and just see her still bitching, but you can't hear anything. It's so good. <laughs> um, and she comes out at the very end of the train and she's like, you haven't seen the last of me and just flashes everybody her bra and panties. As one does. And a man faints onto the tracks. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I fully expected her to just run into the door at the back of the train That's what and I not thought whip was it gonna open. Happen. I seriously, I was like, she's just gonna smack into the door. <laughs> nope. Either way would have been hilarious. I mean, my God. <laughs> um, so we're back performing at the club, and we get the second club number, the Shady Dame from Seville. Such a good number. It's a, it's a fun like tango spanish number yeah um 
And there's she a hits, matador and like a bunch of roses. And a fan. And, and so good. Uh, she's tossed around, yeah. but like in a choreographed good way. Uh, choreographed. <laughs> listen. <laughs> um, she, at the very end, she hits this high note that shatters glasses a, a, a cork pops. And flies. And she snatches it because. This hair, I thought for a second, was hers. I did too. Psych, because it's, it's the a wig. exact color of her hair, and she snatches the wig off again she really, to uproarious applause. I love that she invented the wig reveal. Seriously. Paved the way for so many queens. <laughs> I mean, my God. Um, love it. King does some sneaky shit, because he's like, I'm going to fucking find this bitch out. I know for a fact this is a woman. You can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, yeah. He's got all these suspicions left and right, and is like, I need to get to the bottom of this. So he figures out what room they're staying in and calls the maid to bring towels. And he sneaks out of his room because his bodyguard is supposed to be with him at all times. Mm -hmm. And sneaks in behind the maid to stage out in the room and wait for evidence. <gasps> bah, bah, bah. Um, and then his body he's like outside and his bodyguard fucking sees him from across the courtyard and is like what the fuck and he's like I don't know I'm fucking over here um, and then his bodyguard also breaks into the fucking room and at this time King is in the bathroom like Locked behind a cabinet. And Squash gets caught trying to break in by this guy across the hall who's just trying to put his shoes he out. He just wants shiny shoes. Because <laughs> he tried to put them out before when King was waiting for the gal to open the door. Right. Mm-hmm. And now and he gets caught again bitch. when Squash tries, tries to break in. Yeah, it becomes a running gag, and it's it's, it's so, so funny. Good. Yeah. Um, so they're both in there. King and Squash. King and Squash. Squash is outside while it's snowing. snowing. Right, because Toddy and uh, Victoria come, come back. Come back now. Except and so Squash right is before... like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? So he goes and hides on the balcony. But right before they fully enter, <laughs> uh, Victoria climbs underneath Toddy's coat and makes it look like a horse. <laughs> I did not even catch that. It makes it look like a horse. And then the guy comes back out to put the shoes out. And she's like, oh, hello. Like, (laughs) they've both clearly been boozing a little. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) This poor guy. So there's, uh, she's like, all right, I'm going to get undressed. I'm going to bathe. And then I'm I'm going to go take a hot hot bath. Hot bath. So um, King ends up seeing her change out of boy drag and get into the tub. And he's right, like, cause he's like mm. hiding in the, in the closet. Yeah. In the he's bathroom. like, mm, I've gotcha. And then squash is still out on the porch. <laughs> Eventually King sneakily gets out mm-hmm. through a series of events yes. out of the room and back to his room. And once he's back to his room, he sees Squash on the fucking balcony. Covered in snow. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing there? And he's like, oh my God, just wait a second. Um, And calls over to help Squash try and get out. 
Right. He like Which he does. He makes a phone call over to Toddy and Victoria's room and like pretends to be looking for someone and then like starts waving from the balcony to Squash to be like, I'm, I've got them on the phone. They're not looking at the balcony. Go quick. Squash gets halfway across the room. Victoria comes out of the bathroom and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Back out of the porch. It's this awful back and forth thing. So funny. Very, very funny. Um, and when Squash finally exits the room and he's covered in snow and the guy goes to put his fucking shoes out again and he just like freezes about to put his shoes down and Squash just looks at him and goes, do you have heat in your room? Yeah. Lucky you. And fucking walks away. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. I just fucking loved it. So now we know for a fact, King knows that. Victor is actually a Victoria. Mm-hmm. That is fake. Everybody is in their own respective rooms. We have to wait and see what happens next. Right off the top here, we get a number Chicago, Illinois, sung by the Norma Cassidy. Lay into it. Um, so she is back uh, in the States in Chicago. And I genuinely am like, is this a Marilyn reference? Because all throughout, she's wearing this b- cute little pink number. And the bottom of her skirt keeps flipping up randomly. Yeah, it definitely feels Marilyn Monroe. Except I'm like, where the fuck is this pulling up from? It's got to be the ceiling. Yeah. Because Fishing in line. just a few seconds, her whole fucking skirt rips off and go- flies up into the ceiling. Talk about a reveal. I want to know how they do that, do that on stage. Thinking like... <laughs> Very carefully. Uh, genuinely. Well, because they I'm probably go about... the other direction, yeah. to be honest. Like, I know the one they, they do in, in Frozen, like her quick rips change backwards. during Let It Go. Yeah, it rips through the floor. That would make sense. Yeah. So it's prob- they probably just do it the other direction. Well, because a thing, too, is that I'm thinking about is as she's like spinning around dancing and like her skirt randomly pops up and then pops up over here, but it's a different portion of the skirt. I'm like, okay, so you have multiple strings on that skirt Correct. to go multiple different directions. Mm-hmm. And she's spinning, yeah. which means it had to oh, be like hard. To, yeah. I know. I was like, I want to know what this rigging looks like so fucking bad. Yeah. It's probably a lot simpler than what I think it is, but it it's doesn't probably, matter. It's probably I run by it. people instead of a like a machine or anything automatic. And it's just like fishing line and like three people in the rafters. Yeah, but I also was looking and didn't see the fishing line. I When I'm telling you that I fucking looked, <laughs> oh, it was so good. Movie it's so magic. Delightful. Also, during this number, um, it's essentially just a song about how great Chicago is and how it's up and coming. Mm-hmm. And one of the lyrics is, one day we'll, they're even talking that one day we'll have an airport. And so I had to look it up. O'Hare was built in 55. And again, this is set in 34. Nice. So just a fun fact. Um so she, the number ends, she had these cute little, like, after the skirt rips up, she's in this, like, little, what, like... Lingerie moment. Lingerie. Yeah. Little, like, Teddy almost. No, Teddy was the first one, but... Like, yeah, and the... Corset and, like, a ruffly boob situation. A negligee know. of sorts. Um, the number, yes. So uh, the other girls, backup dancers, come out. They're in, a, like, a lighter pink version of what she's wearing. I mean, it's just cute as far as the eye can see. The number wraps, and she does a great job, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's Leslie Ann Warren. And she starts crying to some dude in the audience, and she's like, he's like, oh, did he leave you for another dame or whatever? Like, sorry. Talking about King. Yeah, and he seems to be some sort of mobster or something. He's like, no. He left me for a man. 
Blackout Lion King. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and then it and then it shifts back, and we're in Paris. So obviously that he's like a man. Victoria and Toddy are having a conversation in the dressing room um, about shame, and I don't mm-hmm. fully remember how that comes about, but. Um, She's like, you've never experienced shame in your whole life. He's like, no, shame's an unhappy experience. It was invented by... Pious clergymen and terrified homosexuals. <laughs> um, trying... In, and that was invented to exploit the human race. Fucking got him. Damn. And Victoria's like, who said that? Tati's like, I did. <laughs> I loved it. The great philosopher. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then in this moment, because I know that you often talk about Drake, that you talk about the fact that you're like, shame is dumb and useless, and I don't want to have... I don't I don't have shame in my home. I'm so sorry, everybody. And I was like, oh my god, Drake is Toddy. <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell? Um, a very like weird moment that happened. Because well, you've had that philosophy for a long time, and I all have. of a sudden I'm I saw sorry. it in this movie, and I was like, oh. You should cross-stitch that on a little couch pillow. <laughs> right, right. Shame is such a waste of time. Enjoy what you enjoy. Don't what you don't. Right. Let it's other like people whole, have their opinion. It's the whole guilty pleasure thing that you're like, no, I don't have not. guilt about my pleasures. I like things that I like, and if you don't like that I like them, I don't know. Go find a hobby. Go sniff grass. Right. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I'm not going to feel bad because you don't like what I like. Eat shit and live. <laughs> I saw that the other day. Oh, man. Sent me. Anyway. Um, so we find out, though, that King is offering a contract um, to Victor to play in clubs in Chicago. $10,000 a week, 10 weeks guaranteed. Oof. Which is... The lovely Bridget looked it up for me. Um, and that is $226,390.30 today. That is so And is that $10,000 or is that $10,000 10, in 1994? Or 1934, yeah. So that for 10 weeks. So that's for 10 weeks. So that's... Times 10. $22 million? That's outrageous. I just fucking... <laughs> wow. I mean, $10,000 today is like a lot of money. $10,000 yeah, a week? $10,000 a week? For 10 weeks? I'll take it. That's wild. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's more than my current salary. That's, That's why I'd have to work several years to get that. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh my God, yes, they have dinner afterwards. Um, we get this moment uh, at the restaurant where Tati is like, oh, why does, why does squash sit across the room and then he makes and he's like oh it's for for better visibility and stuff and then Mm -hmm. he toddy has this quote that must be a military thing Mm. because king's like oh you must be a military man he's like i joined a couple of times oh (laughs) was it the military or was it the military man toddy maybe both was it the navy was it the Navy? Be honest. <laughs> were you a naval ship's party bottom? Were Just you, be honest with me, Toddy. Were you a seaman? <laughs> I just oh gotta know. Oh no. So he's like, Do you, would you mind if I, Todd's like, would you mind if I go and sit with squash? And I'm like, this Ooh, is an, la, la. It's like, this is an interesting thing. Okay, fine. Whatever. So it gives a chance for um, Victor and King to have another conversation about happiness and different things like that. And they have a cigar. <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> I think this is the first time Victor has smoked a cigar before. Um, because you're supposed to like, I even know this, you're supposed to cut off oh, sure. the butt of the cigarette. Didn't do that and started smoking it from the wrong end. Oof. And then just started like coughing up a storm left, right, and sideways. I did do the same thing with my first cigar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I think that that was another indicator for King that he's like, yeah, I fucking, first of all, know that you're not a man. <laughs> and this uh, fucking gotcha, is bitch. yet another thing because a man at this point, that would have been like a thing that would have been common knowledge. Right. You anyway. would have known that by the time you got to be an adult. They decide to head over to Chez Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we come in during this fucking drag number, which is just a dance number, uh, but it's fantastic. It's so good. This is the one with like the, the masks on, on the back of their heads, right? Yes. Yes. So there are dancers and then they're, they're double-sided essentially. Mm-hmm. So like the other side of them is the other gender. Yes. But like with a mask on the back of their head and they're doing like essentially like partner dancing, but like... With each other, but with themselves. It's very cool. I mean, goddamn. Very cool. Um, Our poor waiter friend is present. <laughs> oh my god, it's the fucking waiter from the restaurant originally. <laughs> this poor Cockroach. guy. <laughs> and he's like trying to figure out where, because of course, at the time when he had met Victoria, he had met Victoria and not Victor. As a woman. So he's like looking, looking at him like, oh, I can't quite, but I know for a fact of this other guy that you were with and trying yeah, yeah. to figure it out. In the middle of, so they go up and they perform You and Me, which is just such a cute so little number cute. between the two of them. I pray and hope that this is how we end our lives. I think it could be. I would love for the last thing we do in this world to just wither away in some gay nightclub bantering on stage night after night. And truly like the banter, me too, I suppose uh. I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the banter between these two is just absolutely fantastic. And it's like light little tap slash soft shoe number that they yeah. have. And it's so cute. Um, and <laughs> during this number is when the guy's like cockroach cockroach um those bitches from the first bar fight in this place show up just Richard and his and compatriots and mm-hmm. they're like I don't care who's on stage and lists like some famous performer even if they were on stage I wouldn't give a shit give me a fucking table mm-hmm. essentially just being awful and a full on fucking fight starts again because Toddy uh quote-unquote, accidentally uh, trips one of them. And just a full-on brawl starts. Toddy tripper? I thought Victor tripped. Oh, maybe Victor did. Oh, scandal. That would have been even... That's better. I like that. We're going to say it. <laughs> Some woman gets her wig ripped off. Fucking... To reveal just like a like the <laughs> most fried-out bald spot you've ever seen. It's like when Yzma gets her wig snatched <laughs> off and it's just like the three little strands sitting on top of her head. The wigs start flying and calamity ensues. Just ridiculous. Uh, people are getting punched out. Everybody's freaking out. Someone tries to throw a punch at, at Victoria. It, like at, Well, at Victor and just he just hits a high note. To stop a punch. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous shit. And then a glass shatters. And the owner of Chez Louis <gasps> looks and is like, oh my God. Starts connecting dots. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> King and 
Victor bust out of the place and people are trying to leave before the cops show up because they'll get fucking arrested. Correct. And they end up escaping and he was going to pay off a cop and then he punched the cop and stole the money back and like ran. <laughs> um, they get back behind this building and they just like look at each other heavy breathed and King's like, I don't care if you're a man and just like makes out. And then they come up for air and Victor's like, I'm not a man. And he's like, I still don't care. And it's like, <laughs> they make out again. I love that dialogue. Yeah. It's such a, such important dialogue. And it like, I mean, it just totally breaks down all of the weird, like homophobia, gender stereotypes. Like he has finally come to a place where he's like, I don't give a shit what the truth of the matter is anymore. The fact is I'm attracted to you and I'm done figuring out why or how. I'm just going to make out. I'm with just your into you. Yeah, sometimes you just that. gotta make out with someone. I love it. Um, so Toddy and Squash get picked up by the cops, uh, and they're they're off, right? We flash to um, King and Squash's hotel room. Squash enters, obviously exhausted. He doesn't know where his boss went. He's supposed to be a bodyguard. He hears a ruckus in the bedroom, and he. <laughs> Fully, like, Kool-Aid man almost, like, bust, bust down, this down the door. 100% Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> and sees Victor, because it looks, he's, you know, she still, still Victor looks like to Victor. him, yeah, still Victor to him. Um, Victor and King in bed together, and he freaks out and leaves. King comes out, and he's like, squash. Squash, no, it's not what you think. And Come then out s- of your room, it's okay, I have to explain something to you. And then Squash comes out, and is like, listen, King, don't say a thing. If you're brave enough to be who you really are, then so am I. I'm a homosexual. Squash <laughs> comes out! It's so sweet! So sweet. And, like, Squash is, like, in tears because, like, if a man like you, who clearly, like, has a lot of money, is attached to mobsters, you know, whatever, if you can be gay and out and open about it, so can I. And it's just... I love it. And the thing with this is that there is not a single second that they make any sort of joke about Squash being gay. Not even a little. It's never a punchline. For, like, the rest of this movie. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Huge fan. I just love him. Victoria and King have a conversation about, okay, well, now that we know this, what's going to happen? She's like, well, I do kind of want to keep living as Victor, though. Right, I would like to keep my act. Because, one, it's my job, and I need you to understand that, and I love my job. Mm Mm-hmm. And outside of my job, if I live as Victor, I get to have more of a life than I ever would as a woman. Right. I get to do stuff I can't when I'm Victoria. Exactly. So I'm keeping it. And he's like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I can do this because then everybody thinks that I'm going to be gay, which they drop the drop the F-bomb here. Yeah, they use the f slur. Like, Just delete that out. Yeah, you didn't need it. Yeah. Um... So he's not too keen on it. And he. so they're trying to get it figured out. Victoria leaves, heads back to her room. They didn't waste nary a moment uh, because she comes walking in and they're chit-chatting. And she looks over and we find out that Squash is in bed with Toddy. Yeah, they're hooking up. He's so cute, though. <laughs> I do love it. They're like sitting up in bed in their pajama sets. Like, one of them's reading, one of them's sipping a cup of tea. <laughs> I just, it's so cute. And she's like, when the fuck? And they're like, eh, it happens. It's yeah. whatever. 
Um, the next day, Squash and King are out, at, like, working out at some gym. Yeah, they're at a gym. Hitting punches at a punching bag. And King's like, I'm just so confused. You're rough and tumble. What's that You're about? You're rough and tumble. You're, you were all American football. And keep in mind, folks, He's the actually actual a actor player. used to be, a, like, a star football player. And, was and in Squash the is like, listen, as a gay boy, you have two choices. You can be rough and tumble. You can get the shit kicked out of you. I chose to be rough and tumble. That's what you got. Because um, he's like, well, how long have you been gay? And he's like... As long as I can remember, really. Yeah, he's yeah. like, since I was a kid. I, it's always been this way. It's a nice conversation. I'm glad it's mm-hmm. here. Um, they then, like, he, King bumps into some guy that only speaks French. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's with this French guy is like, uh, you need to apologize to him. And he's like, no, fuck him. If he wants an apology, I can meet him in the ring. He's like, okay, cool. Meet you there in 10 minutes. They leave. And he's like, well, that was kind of weird. Squash and is like, that's because he's like a, like a middleweight champion and you're about to get the snot kicked out of he's you. He's like, oh, fuck. And then I, he's like, well, tell me some good news or something. And he's like, well, at least he's not gay. Because <laughs> if so, he was, he would be even stronger than what he is. Right. Yeah. So King goes in the ring with him, gets the snot kicked out of him. And then he just, King just appears at uh, Victoria's door and is Crawls like, back hey, to Victoria. we should try to live together. <laughs> With a massive black eye. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, no, we should try to live together. He's he had like, a sort of come to Jesus moment yeah. and uh, yeah. and has done this. So the, the, the guy at Chef Louis has hired a private investigator. That yeah. Guy, the, the, I have written down the P.I.'s mustache. <laughs> like the facial hair and like the rose colored glasses. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> shit and he kind of, like, now that I'm thinking about it, he kind of looks like the investigator from Pink Panther. Yeah, who is also a Poirot, a Poirot character. Yeah. Right? So this, like, Poirot is the famous French, like, Mrs. Marple kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, a fictional detective. And he gets parodied often. Um, this is definitely a Poirot parody. Mm-hmm. Like, the constant mishaps that he runs into and, like, the shenanigans and the fact that he's not a very good P.I., like... The fact that he's super, super French and has this ridiculous mustache. Like, <laughs> it's definitely a, a, a parody of that character, and it's absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Um, back at the club, and we get the number Crazy World from Victor, who is dressed as boy, but with drag makeup on, which I just loved. Love. Mm-hmm. I just loved. And it's a, it's a beautiful um, park and bark number. Yeah. We love Love those. a good park and bark. Um... From here, though, we see King and Victor trying to, like, be together. Right. Trying to do the relationship thing in public. And so they go to, like, uh, they go to a boxing match and Victor gets, like, blood on his face and is having the worst time. And then they go to the opera and King is having also the worst time while Victor just blubbers in the audience. Full on sobbing. (laughs) Deeply relatable. Absolutely me at every opera ever. Um, but then they end up having dinner back at home and they're like, maybe we should just skip a few of those nights out because we kind of suck at being on dates in public. And while they are having one of those nights in, the investigator... (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) The investigator is out on the, on the... On the the balcony, like in the rain, trying to eavesdrop on their conversation. With an umbrella. He gets... 
struck by lightning. And is on fire. Oh my god. The whole <laughs> umbrella like happens. goes up in flames. It's it's only and you only sit on that image for like a few seconds before it flashes oh away. Yeah. Again, it's the funniest fucking the thing. The comedy is so quick and witty. The timing is fantastic. It's absolutely great. Um and in this moment, Victoria is like, hey, I really want to. I know we've been in a lot. I want to go dancing. Yeah, let's skip mm-hmm. some of those nights in and go go out dancing one night. So, uh, flash to that, they're definitely like in a gay man's club because mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a bunch of. It's like a gentleman's parlor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, men dancing together, and Victoria is eating it up and loving it, and it very clearly seems that King does not care for this. Mm-hmm. He tells, when they leave, he tells Squash to take Victoria back to the hotel. And King goes to a bar specifically just to get his ass beat. Yeah, like, he found kissing a woman so emasculating that he had to go intentionally get his ass kicked. Well, and, like, dancing dancing in, like, this... The gay club. In this gay yeah. club Yes, but he with was with a men. woman. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, I just... the, the truth of the situation is that he was kissing a woman and found that so incredibly... <laughs> so gay and that I think he it's had to he go was like oh my god this is gonna man. be my life is yeah. that i the only places that i can dance with like, my partner is in a gay club right. and everybody well, thinks yeah. that i'm gay because you couldn't there were there were laws against same-sex dancing in public right so like he they couldn't go anywhere else not while this charade kept up and while the the, the act of victor was was running and the way he goes about it is he goes into this bar He's very dive bar. (laughs) Silent. And he He orders a glass of milk. He orders milk. And then someone's like, ha ha, cow's milk or mother's milk. And he turns to a guy and says, how about your sisters? (laughs) What? (laughs) Because he just specifically was like, I I was around too much homosexuality. I need to get punched in the face to feel myself again. (sighs) My series of notes is I was like, wait, are these all old gay men? Because, you know, they just came from the club. And then I was like, wait, is he trying to fight? And I was like, did he come just to get punched and needed to feel something? Yes, I think he did. He was like, you know what's, you know what will make me feel like a man again? Bleeding on a stranger. <laughs> so invigorating. Which I think is just so stupid and fucking terrible. Nothing like some toxic masculinity, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, now, King and Squash are in the steam room and they're having a conversation about, like, I don't know about being with Victoria yeah, I don't know anymore, if I can do this da, 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 da. for much longer. And here's where it all starts to come down. Mm-hmm. Sal shows up, this mobster, that Norma had complained that yeah, yeah. he was... This is the mobster who, like, caught up with Norma after her little Chicago number. Yes. Um, he's like, hey... F-slur. <laughs> he's like, we gotta have a meeting. We're like, oh god, okay. Back at the hotel, Victoria's like, hey, I'm not going to be Victor anymore. I can't keep doing this. Um, we need to figure something out. The investigator is in the fucking room. Yeah, mm-hmm. hiding in like the closet of their bathroom. Where the same like closet that King was in when he was yeah. doing his Peeping Tom act earlier. Yes. And so he, the, the investigator keeps one little finger out so he has a gap to see everything in. And like eavesdrop and such. And they're having this conversation, and first, also, I, wrote, I had to write it down. I love the tiling in this bathroom. I know we've seen it, like, a dozen times up to this point. I would love for that to be my bathroom. Isn't it so glamorous? It's beautiful. So, beautiful. so good. And so <laughs> Victoria comes into the bathroom and pushes the closet door shut, and, like, you hear his finger crunch in the door. And then his little, like, eh. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, funny. Because cause she was going to, like, you know, undress, whatever. <laughs> but then Squash shows up and is like, hey, the mobster guys that he works with showed up, and I guess they don't like gay men. They have King. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. So Victoria comes over, and uh, they have a conversation, and she takes um, takes Norma into her room. Because the mob is going to force King to sign over all of his shares of everything that right. they they're own gonna, together. They're going to essentially force him out. And then it, he's not going to get almost any money for right. it. It's mm-hmm. like a fraction of the money. Yeah. Um, and Norma's like, oh my God, I can't believe gay. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Victor, she was an ally. (laughs) No shit. Victor shows up and is like, kisses King in front of everybody. And then Sal, like the mobster is like, oh, that's sick. Oh, that's gross. Oh, blah, blah. Then Victor grabs Norma and throws her into the bedroom and shuts the door. Immediately starts undressing. undressing. And Norma's like, no, 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 no. And then she stops and goes, lock the door. <laughs> and then all so we hear. So of course she just robes all the way. And from the other side of the door, we hear Norma just lose her fucking cool. <laughs> because she's like, oh my God, you two-timed me. That is a woman. So cool. King's cool with the mobsters. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Everything's, Price is averted. Everything's fine. Um, I gotta say, she she out she has a real Lena Lamont quality to her in this moment. She mm-hmm. really does. She outdoes <laughs> Lena Lamont by a mile. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's self serving self servient villainry to a T. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Um, you got me distracted. Now. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Is, oh, the, okay. is this so the, the Labise, reprise of the Seville number? Not yet. Labise brings the cops in for fraud charges. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is going to be, um, they're busting down Victor's dressing room door. Mm-hmm. They're like, let us in, blah, blah, blah. Fraud. Guns the, a-blazing. Guns a-blazing. <laughs> um, the talent agent that is Victor's manager keeps Labise out of the room, lets mm-hmm. the cops in. Cops come out and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. And he's like, that's a man. He's like, no. It can't be. He was naked from the waist down and that was a man. And that would be quite the the disguise. The best disguise (laughs) I've ever seen as an investigator. Um, Which I absolutely love. I know, I love that line. Then we see Victoria entering the audience. Stunning gown. Stunning. Stunning number. It's like black, mesh top, mesh sleeve. I'd wear it. Uh, for fucking sure. Now, I love this ending because we as an audience haven't been let in on, on the shenanigans that are about to ensue, but we can clearly tell that shenanigans are about to ensue because, like, the Seville number is about to begin, but Victoria is in the audience. And once she's getting be- getting to her seat, she passes the fucking waiter from before. <laughs> and he's like, no, wait, now, uh, cockroach. Cockroach? Cockroach? <laughs> um... We get the number finale slash Shady Tame. Turns out Toddy put on Victoria's dress to go out and do the number. <laughs> All right, Robert Preston, let's fucking go. And it's fucking great because he sings it in his like bass baritone yeah, register. In his big rich which this robust. Which this whole show, this whole movie, he's sung in like a more like 
upper registry thing, mm-hmm. so we haven't mm-hmm. heard that bass tone yet. It's lovely in a gown. It's fantastic. <laughs> so good. I absolutely now, love it. You had a fun fact about this gown that it's not I like do. a recreation for Robert Preston. No, it's not. So what they did was they fit Robert Preston for this dress. Then they put it on Julie Andrews and put a bunch of like eye hooks and thread and all of this stuff to And like hook cinched it. it up the back to fit her. And they added like this this uh, extra black ruffle thing that was pinned up inside mm-hmm. to be able to release it down so that way like the height difference wasn't a problem between the two of them. That's so impressive. It's the same fucking dress. That's ridiculous. That's insane. In the best way possible. And I can tell you, it, it's one thing if you found the perfect dress and had to make it work twice. But, like, I know that this this is a dress that they made for this number because it matches all the background dancers. Mm-hmm. So you know that it's something they had to create for her. It ha- it, ha- it would have been easier just to make two dresses. I mean, my God. <laughs> and like, I want to know, like, did they film this one first and then cinch it in and then do Or did they the have to do number? back and forth? Like, yeah. I would be curious to know as well. Yeah. Because that sounds like a lot of fucking work. <laughs> no shit. Um, so he does the number in a bassy tone, but, like, the choreography is, like, all fucked up, and it's a big comedy number. It does. Physical it comedy so of him funny. at the end, too. Yes. <laughs> And normally I would have a lot to say about like a man in a dress being a punchline because I think musical comedy tends to rely on it really heavily and it does have like very transphobic consequences. Right, right. But because the rest of this movie does such an incredible job not doing that. Right. And part of the problem, like part of the thing was, is that he was supposed to go out and do such a shit job. That people would be like, oh. We're not going to come to see Victor not, anymore. Victor, like, we're not yeah. seeing Victor anymore. So it could be the death. the act to right. close. It right. could be like the death of the performer performance of Victor. And then Victoria could go on and be herself right, on stage from now life. on. Um, and I think that that was done absolutely brilliantly. Beautiful. I agree. Well, what a joy to have you with us, Bridget. Thank you for having me. Thank this you has for been a coming. Dream come true. <laughs> I'm so excited that we all got to kind of, for you two, the very first time, it's only the second time I've watched this, to get to like pick apart something kind of new for all of us. Yeah. That's so exciting. And to top it all off, two things to top it. Hello. Um, <laughs> two tops. My God. Two what tops. Are um, one, that it was gay. So gay. <laughs> and two, that it was so fucking good. It's so not it really is new, such a good movie. But it was gay and good. It's I love so that. It's so funny. It's so witty. It's so funny. Let's rate it. Five. Five. Too many F slurs, 4.5. That's true. Okay, 4.5. It's really, truly the only fault <laughs> I can find with it. Because again, like... It can be tricky to do something like this and not do something inherently transphobic, mm-hmm. right. but they do such a good job of it. They, I, I think that they handle a, and they handle these conversations exactly around gender and sexuality, mm-hmm. just multiple times. Set in 1934, so well. filmed in 1982. I mean, the fact that we have these conversations with such eloquence through these time periods, it speaks volumes to the people who did the work. Right. And I love that for them. And obviously, like, I don't know what the source material looks like. Uh, Victor, the, yeah, like what maybe the, the, the 30, original play the 33, would, would look like. Right. But I just, like, again, with those filters and things, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we do use the F slur more, more than necessary without making any kind of definitive point about it. Other than, like, these people are homophobic. 
which is not enough of a point for me. That's, <laughs> That's true. So I say a 4.5. 4.5. I will do I a 4.5. I can agree. Uh, shall we give it the biddy test? The BD, the Bindi Drake. Pass fail. Are you going to fail it? Are you going to look me in the face? With I'm not going to fail Julie it. Julie Andrews and Robert Preston? Fuck me sideways. An that ensemble is... that dances the daylights out of it? Ex- and, and we didn't even it's talk so about good. them very often. You won't oh catch me failing The dancing, it. the costumes. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> the performance is just fucking yeah, it's, on another level. It's pretty killer diller. Leslie Ann Warren's number with her crazy little character voice. Her skirt goes into the ceiling. <laughs> like, I just... Yeah, it's a pass for me, for sure. Oh, all right, a 4.5 and a pass. That's pretty fucking good. Mark it down, Kelsey. Goddamn, exactly. <laughs> Kelsey, write that down. If we could have 86 those F slurs, this would have been a perfect it film. It would have been a perfect film. Um, shall we have a fortune cookie? A fortune cookie. Give me a cookie. Our quote today is from Amandla. Give me one of those cream pastry, whatever the fuck. One of those crazy are. cream puffs we there. Now, this might be a... a... Amandla Stenberg? Yeah. Amandla? Amandla. Okay. Yep. I'm just making sure. Amandla Stenberg. Um, the quote is, gender and sexuality are so fluid. It's okay to change your mind a million times and figure out what works for you. It's okay to take your time. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because it, I mean, it is like... The most gender fuckery I think we've ever gotten up to here on the pod on a on a movie. I can't think of anything that gets crazier than that. No, and what's interesting with these conversations is from my research, Alex, the one who plays Squash, was straight. Yeah. I don't think he's a gay actor. I think he just No, like, I, I know that he had a, a long time wife, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Sure. But, you know... For someone who's like a big football guy was to right. the best of mm-hmm. our knowledge still, even throughout my research that he was seemed straight on outside. Yeah. Um, what and a remarkable did not thing play to contribute in some shitty fashion. I love that. Yeah. It's really, I loved it. It's really I wonderful. It. So, so where can they find us, Benny? Oh my God. You can find us anywhere at uh, backstage biddies. Email us your listener requests. I know our list is long, but you know, if you have a good request, we'll bump something else that we have on there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's cause we have a bunch of stuff um, upcoming for this year that we decided to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll bump it. Yeah. Find us on Podvine. Um, we haven't yeah. quite reached 10 yet as of recording this. So keep the keep the momentum rolling. You can comment on episodes. Ooh. Which we would love. We always love feedback on from Podvine. you guys. Yes. So. Um, Where can they find you? Oh, you can email us at backstagebiddies at gmail.com. I don't think I got that portion out. Oh, okay. Anyway, you can find me uh, everywhere, Binny Biddy. Bridget, where can they find you? Um, you can find me mostly on Instagram. You can follow my dog at Vincent Van Gogh Fish. <laughs> you can follow my food and fashion finds at Bfish Finds. Or you can Fun. follow me at Bridget.Fish. How exciting. My God, you have a whole empire going. I have a whole empire. I love she that does, and it's all fantastic. <laughs> it's great content. Where can they, they find They can't you? find you anywhere. You can, <laughs> you, can, you can find me at the Foley Berger doing <laughs> that fancy drag number with the masks. Hacha! Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, have a gay day. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Uh, what do you want to know about? Uh, 
your age, your height, and your favorite fruit. Okay. Uh, my name is Bridget Fish. I use she, her pronouns. Um, my height, I am 5'11", six foot on a good day. <laughs> and my favorite fruit, I love a Honeycrisp apple. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You know who um, Taylor just turned us on? Taylor. The Cosmic Ones? Oh, yeah. Tay-Tay Jones? Tay-Tay Jones. The Cosmic Crisp too. or whatever the hell? Oh, oh my God. A cold, crispy apple. It's. I've never had an apple that tastes so much like an apple, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. They are life-changing. God, so good. And they don't bruise or brown for like so long. weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a good apple. A superior mm. uh, genetically modified fruit. 